Yeah, because what, what happened here at a certain point is that um, when you move around, you think that often some problems are very specific to certain locations, and all of a sudden you start speaking to some friends somewhere else, and it turns out actually not that different. And in this type of problem, often what happens is that um, um, this type of initiatives require, at some, in order to become organic to the city, they require the involvement of the public administration. So reuse, up to a certain point, reuse of certain spaces could be done completely on an NGO basis. But this would be a very small scale. If you want to be able, for example, to, to tackle re issues related to uh, land use uh, or related to policy or related to taxation, you need to address can be the district, the council, the borough, can be the city council, it could be the region, according to who is the person in charge for certain decisions. So what happened then in this case, it helps, EU can help in certain things, and one thing that it helps with is uh, the fact, for example, of uh, financially supporting, and but also creating pressure to, uh, to certain issues in, for cities or NGOs, depending on the type of funding, to create synergies. In this case, we are working on, on a project on the basis of the spin-off, let's say, from the Budapest experience, um, together with a whole series of, uh, with some other cities, which are partners are Rome, Alba Iulia, some of you may know, some others not in Romania, and Bremen in Germany, next to Hamburg. And this project allowed for a year to also include a series of observatory cities. So basically it's creating a network of cities and NGOs at a Europe-wide scale. Currently, as you may see, there's nobody in the UK, but we're hoping that you will be helping us in putting some dots there as well in the, in the connection. Um, this, this allows to, to exchange know-how. Um, this allows to give tools to local NGOs to understand how not to reinvent the wheel each time and it helps public administration to be a bit faster because it depends on the context but sometimes they're not too fast or not fast enough. So if you want to have something, for example, that is a temporary use to reactivate empty spaces, you can't be waiting for an ap approval for two years for that space if you were planning on using it for six months because somehow there's a bit of a mismatch in possibilities and needs. So what? What we try to do in this is that we need to, to know, as you saw from Budapest, we need to know which empty spaces we have. Usually then you can also define some typologies that are related either to a geographic part of the city, for some reason became unattractive, maybe there's some accessibility problems and that caused emptiness. Or it could be something like a typological problem. Uh, I don't know about London, but in a lot of, I would assume it's the same thing, in a lot of cities we know to cinemas closed down, Budapest school because of demographic change and I would assume that probably you might have similar problems that certain building typologies somehow just don't work anymore and you have to reinvent because often they could be very attractive buildings just you have to be a bit more imaginative about how to use them uh, because obviously the more you use them and the more you create flux of people obviously you obviously have a great impact on the, uh, the public space around it. In order to do this, you need to access space. And the idea is that um, if this is empty, one of the problems we notice very often is the price. Often what happens is that for some reason, price, it's not really always true that the market mark offer and demand match perfectly. Sometimes it happens that you have a property. There would be people interested in using it, but somehow the price that is for that space is just too high. 
And so what happens, or the legal process for assigning that type of space, and this is a problem very often for public-owned property, is that the procedure is so complicated that people just can't be bothered to go through so much hassle. So in order to do this, you need to create a legal framework that allows to access the space. You need to have users. So this is very important to create a community on a local scale. And this is what, this is what for example, uh, we heard recently there's a lot of discussion in London about skyscrapers. I don't know how much the audience, how they feel about it personally. But to me, what, the, what was a bit weird is, as far as I understood, most of the property not only the investment, but the actual property is often owned maybe by somebody that very rarely came to the UK, never mind London or the neighbourhood. So probably they're not really contributing very much to the liveliness of the space. So this is one thing that we, we think that if you instead work on the local neighbourhood a little bit more, you, you can activate uh, economic pos possibilities and so on. But you need policy to happen. And these are some, some spaces from Rome and some spaces from Alba Iulia in Romania um, that are the cities that are trying to learn from Bremen. Bremen in Germany already has a temporary use agency that is a, uh, an NGO that is hired by the city council to, because, you know, they know, they know what, which is the creative class that might be, or the local organization that might be interested in the spaces. And they are very good at jumping fences and going in to see what what the condition of the spaces are, because the more the space is abandoned, the more actually the owner, regardless of the, the feeling you might have of the empty spaces, is that the value of the property goes down, because the more you don't use electricity, the more you don't use um, the uh, pipes and so on, they deteriorate. And this means that if you wait for 10 years, you're going to have to change everything. So it might be actually better if you have a, a way to use it and have at least a little maintenance done throughout the time. And so this is what you will see, you know, the cinema is empty, but you have also, for example, old industries of buildings that never finished, probably they never had building permission, which is why they, they, they stopped somewhere along the line, rather than you might have some space that was, for example, this is the case in Rome, that was, that was um, a met overground uh, transport system, they just run out of money at some point, so they built all the infrastructure. There's nothing f to be for it to be used currently. At least some people are living under it, under it, but maybe something a bit more interesting could be done. And this is interesting. Bremen in Germany, basically what they did is they used these, these spaces to uh, help startups. Everybody talks about startups by now. Startups can be a lot of things. It can be very fancy creative class, but it can be also artisans. It can be a lot of things. It can be basically giving a chance to younger people, maybe in a time of economic crisis. Some countries suffer more than others. I come from Italy, so I would say that we are feeling it quite much. And the fact of, giving, of having the possibility or at least having a space that you can access to experiment and create a business model that might be sustainable over time and that might allow you to see whether they maybe get a bank loan because you already tested whether it works or not is a, quite something. And actually, this is what in Bremen we saw. This is most of these spaces are used for this. It's not just cultural activities. It might also be, but it's really giving a chance for entrepreneurship. So what we see basically is that you need to work with local resources. That can be human, physical. Figure out, map what you have. Try to consider, there's a, a bit of a shift, depends on how much uh, also the local context is, but 
Master planning, big scale, sometimes might turn out that you might not have the money, you might not have the political support over a very long time. So phasing projects could be quite useful. So having a concept of, of master planning in time and in steps is quite useful. And this, for example, with the city of Rome is what we're trying to do. We have some plans for some projects that will be, for example, in five years' time. Meanwhile, we're trying to access those space and have something happening there which is functional to the longer-term plan. Um, but we need to have policy for this. We can't have policy, we can't have constraints that are totally out of date. We need also to have everybody involved in this. So we need the architects and the planners, but we need the civil society. And we definitely need also the politics to be involved. So, for example, in Italy, if our government doesn't fall yet again, we might have some chances for that. Um, we, as we were saying, we organized a series of activities throughout. We were in Kiev. Some of you might have been following what happened in the Ukraine in the last year, so we wanted to share this as the Ministry of Foreign Affairs that has a massive Ukrainian flag and a massive European one. We were actually very surprised because they're not in the EU. They definitely show far more pride than most of us in the EU have been showing in the recent times. And one thing, we will be in, in October in Berlin, so if anybody of you would like to either follow on our website or come along, because we're trying to develop alternative funding methods in re re urban regeneration. So it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe you need funding from public, or that it doesn't mean that you need a uh, massive investor from Russia. It could be that maybe you can, we can develop some alternative funding methods in this. And this is a way that we can allow for urban regeneration. So, for the moment, this, I think, is it. Uh, we would like to know if you have any questions or any comments or any critique. Constructive one, preferably. <laughs>